hold on. <laughs> UTI and yes. delirium. Yes. Go together. Hand in hand, so more often than you could imagine. Dear Sigmund. We're chopping up this long conversation into a bunch of pieces. So here's part three of our first pilot episode. Uh, before I go down some other rabbit hole or some tangent, <laughs> which it seems like just get cut off in the middle of, uh, of these breaks. Um, Please keep listening, though. So if you want to hear the continuation of this conversation, uh, click on part four. And uh, like Shannon said at the last uh, episode and the two prior to that, if you would like your question answered, please go to dearsigmund.com, uh, spelled as you would guess it's spelled. And uh, there's a little area there where you can record your own voice and ask us a question. We can play it on air if you'd like us to, um, or you can fill out the form and ask your question even more anonymously that way. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so this says, and this is something that I do want to avoid kind of, uh, can you describe the most worrisome client you've ever had? Like the client that made you fear the most for your, their families or their own safety. Man, that is almost too detailed. Mm -hmm. I want to say so. So being part of like you know, You're health information protection act and those kinds of things. I mean, we're both active practitioners right now, so this yeah. is a really hard one because you have to protect patients' identity, and there are some some details in cases that will make them most worrisome that those individuals could probably identify. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're gonna have to skip that one. Okay. People that are actively psychotic, given that I practice in a telehealth environment, yeah. actively psychotic because ethically and legally, I cannot be treating you. I need you to go see someone in person and I have no control over that, right? All I can do is say, I can't help you, but this is what you need to do. And that worries me because they clearly need help, but I don't have any way of checking back to make sure mm. that they actually get it. So that's the worrisome thing to me. Yeah. So the most worrisome client, let's say non-specific, is the For actively me, psychotic. The patient. actively psychotic. Yeah. Person that reaches out to us saying, "I need help," because given the ethics and the restrictions just around telehealth, I can't do anything. Yeah. In that context. So and let's describe psychosis, actually. Okay. So psychosis is well. There's there's a couple of components of psychosis. One is hallucinations, right? Mm -hmm. Auditory and visual hallucinations. We often abbreviate them as AH or VH in our uh, in in our lingo in the medical charts. Um, auditory hallucinations. I often present to a patient is, do you hear things that you don't think are real? Because if I ask a patient, are you having auditory hallucinations? To that client or to that patient, that is a very real experience, mm -hmm. right? They are hearing something. The way that they can glean some insight into that is, but nobody else hears it, so I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And usually it's because, well, something's been implanted in my head or something is able to communicate with me directly. So can you hear things that other people can't hear? And the same thing with seeing things. Can you see things that other people can't see? Mm -hmm. And then there's delusions. And delusions are fixed false beliefs despite evidence to the contrary 
Oh man, we QAnon could... members. <laughs> I was just gonna go down this trail because there is, you know, I wrote an article for um, for a journal, the Journal of the American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law, and it was it was an article about um, the differentiation between fixed false beliefs and the idea of extreme overvalued ideas. So it's very hard to say now. It, actually, we took the word bizarre delusions out of the dsm-5 so it used to be are you delusional and it's like yeah you know i believe that uh, the tv is con- is peace. reading my yeah or the tv is you know tracking me and what i do well guess what your tv now tracks you and what you do and it's mm-hmm. like targeting ads and your computer's you know a series listening to you and targeting things so, so all of a sudden these delusions are no longer bizarre Mm-hmm. Really quickly, as technology is progressing, like these ideas that used to be bizarre technological ideas are no longer that bizarre. So a tinfoil hat is no longer sort of like, all right. I left mine in the car, I mean, okay. just to come in okay. here. But no. Okay, good. <laughs> but there Let's is that idea that like, you know, tracking of information and this like, you know, uh, lack of anonymity now is no longer a bizarre idea. Um and that used to be one of the key words in the in in our understanding of psychiatry. But as technology so progresses, it becomes less and less bizarre. Some of these ideas, it is very subjective. Um, so that's psychosis. If Shannon and I talk about psychosis, that's kind of that's what we're talking about. These um, and usually they're dopamine derived, right? So. Huh? Oh, yeah. So dopamine is one of the neuro uh, chemicals in the brain uh-huh. that makes your brain function. You need it. It needs to stimulate one cell to the next in order to keep thoughts and, and uh, any kind of electrical signaling in your brain uh, is often, I mean, there's a downstream effect of serotonin and dopamine and hormones and uh, all sorts of things. Dopamine is one of them, often known as the pleasure molecule. I thought serotonin was. Well, serotonin is kind of like the happy one. We, we think it's the happy one based on a bunch of studies and understanding that selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors help you be happier. Prozac. Yeah. And there's some studies that show some decrease in serotonin is, you know, consistent with people who are depressed. Um, but it's so hard to dopamine say. dopamine is the pleasure reward. It's the, the high. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's the high. Yeah. And, and. So one of the ways of looking at it, and a lot of people don't know this, um, the opposite of, well, this excitatory neuronal stimulation from dopamine, which causes psychosis, this, you know, this seeing things, hearing things, feeling things, believing things, too much dopamine. It's triggering all of this, all of these neurons in your brain are being lit up by dopamine. The opposite, when you have too little dopamine, you know what it is? Parkinson's. Parkinson's is the opposite. Uh, Parkinson's is this uh, this the nigrostriatum uh, in the brain. This like very specific <laughs> tiny little area in the brain that that produces dopamine okay. starts to die, and it and it no longer produces dopamine. Um, and when you have a lack of dopamine, you get this really mask-like facies is what it's called terminologically it's it's just like kind of like a flat you know you emotionless appearance to your face a shuffling gait you know you kind of shuffle your feet and you have this tremor of your hand it's called a initially a pill rolling tremor it kind of looks like your index and thumb are kind of moving i'm showing here shannon but it's it looks like you're rolling a pill between your fingers um 
this is when you have too little dopamine in your brain because that area of your brain is being affected and no longer being able to produce dopamine. So the rest of your body isn't getting enough. So why can't we fix this? Well, we do. With psychosis, we, we treat it. Yeah, but what, we're not fixing Parkinson's. Well, actually, we use, we use medications that will stimulate dopamine. L-DOPA is one of them. That's the name of the medication? Yeah. You know what it can cause? Psychosis. And you know what our antipsychotic medications, which block dopamine, can cause? Parkinson's. Parkinsonian features. Yeah. Nothing gets by me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I would say, just to answer the question of uh, what's, our, what's the most concerning patient, yeah, I would agree with you, Shannon, that, that people who are not interacting with the world in a reality-based way, you know, in a way that is controlled by uh, misinformation, that's probably the person, right? Psychosis creates behavior out of... Um, stimulus that is not accurate or real mm -hmm. and that patient is probably the most unpredictable in terms of behavior now also i will say people who are you know severely depressed with mm -hmm. you know uh intent to suicide or acutely manic with perseverations on extraordinarily dangerous behavior these people also you know, are very, I would say, um, Hide in a the precarious knives. situation. Yeah. Hide the knives kind of thing? Uh, well, well, there is, I have made that recommendation to patients' families. You know, if somebody's cutting or saying, you know, I'm going to use a knife to kill myself, you know, one of, the, one of the things I can do to help them be safe in a less restrictive setting than the hospital is get into an environment that doesn't necessarily have dangerous things around you. You know, and families can really help Duh. with those things. Yeah, and it seems simple, but honestly, like, it's so hard because people who are, where there's a will, there's a way sometimes. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Okay, let's read the next All question. Right, let's do the next one. Um, Dear Sigmund. <laughs> Dear Sigmund, what is worse? A client that is more actively, quote, crazy, close quote, or active because, or active because for the mental illness. Uh-oh, that sentence isn't totally reading correctly. Open parentheses. I know it's not the ideal term to use, but I really cannot think of any other term, close parentheses, period. Versus a patient that is just so down and depressed, they barely can do anything, don't do hygiene anymore, and don't clean their room, barely even eat at times. Okay. All right. Okay, so I see what this question is, is getting at. It sounds like it's getting at, Shannon, this idea of a person who is overstimulated versus a person who is so understimulated that they are, you know, no longer caring for this, themselves, they're not mm -hmm. eating, they're losing weight rapidly, they're not hygienic, they're not showering versus the person who's running around, you know, with some kind of active delusion or psychosis. Mm -hmm. um, and the question is, what is worse? Uh, it depends on which seat you're sitting uh, in. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I would say both. Both is worse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Neither's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an idea in delirium. Delirium is something that I see in the hospital a lot. People with cancer, people with urinary tract infections. Some listeners might recognize, oh yeah, you know, my mother had a urinary tract infection and then she was talking about kids running through her house and dogs that weren't there. Hold on. <laughs> UTI and yes. delirium. Yes. Go together. Hand in hand, so more often than you could imagine. When 
you are 70 and you get a UTI and your daughters take you to the hospital and say, mom's crazy again. And she's acting, you know, I'm just using the term from the question. She's crazy. She's acting bizarre. And she's yelling at kids who aren't in the room and this and that. Um, And they take a urine sample and they identify that you have a severe UTI. uh, So much so that it causes these metabolites in your body to create what we call an encephalopathy. Or uh, so the UTI spread throughout the body. The infection, the infection, yeah, or and and the the whatever the bad bacteria is is creeping. And that would be sepsis. So if it actively got into your bloodstream, that would be called sepsis. But there are metabolites or downstream sequelae of just a disturbance in your body. Look Um, at you with that medical degree. Go go. Dropping terms. I know sequelae. (laughs) And this and and what do your sequelae look like? Very small. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this idea that, um, um, well, delirium can come from any kind of infection. All right, I think we're going to have to cut off episode three right there. Um, the conversation continues because in all full transparency, we recorded all four episodes in one go. So if you want to hear how the conversation continues, just click on episode four and we will quick keep what is up with speaking today we will keep our dialogue going yes our stuff going it's a convo Convo we'll keep listening to jp teach us about medical terms (laughs) as a disclaimer uh, this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you have any mental health that you need addressed, you need to talk to your physician or seek professional help. Do not do what we say independent of seeking out your own doctor that knows you best and can curate a treatment plan specific to you. Don't take what we say and override what your doctor says. Be smart about this. <laughs>